When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best-kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Hey IDP Army, ever think about making your own podcast? Let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. And you can make some money with your podcast, too, with no minimum listenership. It's got everything that you need to make a podcast all in one place. So what are you waiting for, IDP Army? Download the free Anchor app and go to anchor.fm to get started today. All right, welcome to the Dynasty Tailgate Podcast, part of the IDP Army podcast network of shows um today we're going to change things up a little bit so i have a very special guest you love him you hate him you love to fade him i got Shanes on the podcast today uh we're going to kind of go through all the names that are kind of the most popular ones right now kind of get a temperature check we're halfway through the college football season so it's time to really start paying attention mock drafts are going to start flying out you know they already kind of are have been slipping out on twitter as we've you know been going through the week, so just gonna kind of get his his feelings, his gauge on some of the hottest offensive names, and this is IDP, so we're gonna talk about defensive names too. Uh, Duchesne, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. Yeah, thanks for having me on. For sure, for sure. Well, what have you thought of the season so far? Before we get into the names, what like so far? What have you felt about the season as a whole? I felt like it's been good because it's been kind of wide open uh you had the teams that you thought would be up at the top but you've seen bama lose clemson is back to almost like nothing again they're not the top team that people thought it seems pretty wide open which i think is good for the for the sport in general yeah i I mean georgia's defense is probably one of the best defensive lines i've seen in college football in years i mean at least a decade i would think uh probably since those bama LSU days when they had yeah. intense defenses, but like this this year, I, they're a really special unit to watch. Um, yeah, obviously Oklahoma fan, as you can see, um, you can see it. Obviously, nobody else can. 
it's been a very up and down year for us. Yeah, for um, sure. Yeah. I am going to Norman this weekend to watch maybe Caleb Williams first start. I'm not sure. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, that's um, all over the place. And I have I have a lot of Oklahoma in my campus the Canton team, so it's uh it's been a bit shaky for me. Yeah, hopefully we can get it things turned around. All right. Well, let's just jump right into it. We're gonna start at the top with the quarterbacks. Um it's been it's it started out Spencer Rattler and then kind of what was going to happen after that has been Sam Howell, been Matt Corral. Well, now it's kind of flipped to where Malik Willis from Liberty, uh, 6'1", 225-pounder quarterback. He's a straight dual threat uh, under Hugh Freeze, which people may remember from the blind side. Um, what is your gauge on Malik Willis right now? I think he's absolutely balling out he's got the upside total package he's got a good completion percentages which is something i like to see in college and he's got the rushing upside now this is something with fantasy where we all love the upside because i mean that's what we're here for especially uh when you're looking at college players uh we i'm not sure what his floor is so it's it's pretty wild that he's he's he might be consensusly the qb1 right now in in debbie like uh, the lack of floor, or not the lack thereof, but the, the floor that could really be there is somewhat scary to me, but he's absolutely flown on my board. I wasn't too high on him to begin the year, but uh, I mean, I, I'd say two out of five people will probably say he's a, he, he's their QB1 right now. He's he's mine right now, and it's only because everything else under him, I'm unsure of. I'm, I'm not sure where, where they stand as far as what that's going to translate to the next mm-hmm. level, but yeah, for sure. Malik Willis right now is number one for me. Yeah. Uh, and that's just because most likely uh, because of the, the QB landscape, uh, there were no top prospects like last year with fields and Lawrence. Those were guys were top 10 recruits, like of all time, not just QB, not just last year, like top 10 recruits coming into college. So it was very special. So now we're seeing more of a, of a, of an average year where things just change a lot at yeah, I'll you know I'll have to agree with that. Um, let's, let's so let's move on to the next quarterback that because Malik Willis, I think everybody's going to have him number one. He plays at Liberty. The competition's kind of light. It's kind of be going to be one of those trillions, uh Carson Wentz situations where I think everybody's going to be like, well, who did he actually play? But I I, I think Trey Lance is kind of proving that maybe it's just a matter of where the situation's at. So. I'll move on to the next one. We got Matt Corral from Ole Miss under Lane Kiffin, 6'2", 205. Um, kind of not – I wouldn't really call him a dual threat, but he seems to be a scrambler. Uh, what do you think of Matt Corral right now? Uh, yeah, I'd say he's mobile. Uh, he is somebody that I liked already to begin the year, and then he absolutely was blowing it up, and then that's when the- – the Matt Corral QB one talk started. Uh, I wasn't there, but he's definitely top three. I think right now uh, he's got throw. It was for a great completion percentage. I think he's at 69, but he's always up near the 70% mark with the mobility. And he hasn't turned the ball. I mean, I don't know if he's fumbled, but he has no interceptions this year. So he, t- he yeah. keeps, he, he takes care of the ball. And my biggest concern was the schedule coming up. He didn't play much in there early on, but now he's getting the sec schedule and he's, he's played Pretty decent, actually, against Bama and was it Texas A and M? Yes. Yeah. So I, I, I think he's done everything to you know solidify himself as a top three guy, and he could make a push for the top guy if he can keep it going through this tough schedule in October and November. Yeah, 
I'll have to agree. He's also missing his running back, uh, Jerion Ely, I think is how you pronounce that name. Yeah, um, yeah, Ely. So he's missing him. So, you know, that's a weapon taken away. What does that mean for him? Because he's obviously had to change his game. But he has no thrown zero interception so far. And he looked decent against Bama. The first half wasn't great. But the second half, he really picked it up. It kind of, mm. you know, slow start. But that's okay. All right. We'll move on to the most controversial name on this list, Spencer Rattler. Um, under Lincoln Riley, he usually turns QBs into gold. Um, speaking for as an OU fan, he doesn't really seem to be the guy that fits the system. He's not much. He's not a scrambler. I know that he has scrambled in the games. He's not a scrambler. It's not his game. He needs to be in a clean pocket and able to throw the ball, and that's how you're going to get the best from him. He's been turnover prone. It's not always been his fault, but where are you sitting with Spencer Rattler, who might not start again this season? I, I mean, this is coming from I was Rattler one hundred and one coming into the year, and I wasn't trying to panic. I was I was getting worried. Uh, now I'm 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 full blown panicking. Uh, he just has bad decision making. Like he's got great tools, he's got the talent, uh, but you just see him making like these Jameis mistakes and like like just just terrible decisions. And then I'm not sure if the attitudes there. That's something that I don't weigh too heavily but if it's something that's so prevalent i think he's been saying the right things but didn't he like not show up to practice a couple days ago so it was an excused absence by lincoln riley um so it was it wasn't as bad but still it's still not a great look obviously yeah i mean I, i i if i could get something worth anything i mean i might try and get out of a rattler for a for one of these other quarterbacks and I'll pay up. Like I'll give you guys like a second round pick or something if I could get, cause I wasn't even big on Howell, but I'll, I mean, I'll take Howell with that safe floor that I think, cause I think Howell's like a, a locked top 10 pick pretty much. Uh, I'm, I'm very worried about Rattler and I hope I, it's just like the uncertain uncertainty of the situation, man. It's just, it's scaring, it's scaring me. So the, the two options for him, or he could transfer, he could go to like an LSU or a Georgia. They should have an opening going into next season, or he can just start preparing for the draft after Caleb Williams solidifies this job here in a couple weeks. Yeah. I personally think he should just start preparing for the NFL draft because I think at best he's going to still be a first rounder. It's just going to be later, you know, in the twenties, yeah. maybe late teens. So you might end up on a good team after all, after all, you know, that. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I I think if you, if you're going to be a a, a first or second day guy, you should, you shouldn't go back to school, but kind of changing the, the theory there because you can make some money now in college, but I kind of, we'll see how that works out. I'm going to stand by like, if you're going to, if you think you're a first round pick, you, you should just come out. Yeah. And the problem for him is that next year's class already looks better. Um, Yeah. Caleb Williams can actually, after next year, he can declare because he got to school early. So he will have fulfilled his three years of eligibility. And you have Bryce Young from Alabama who is looking like clear. Yeah, and DJU. You got clear guys that are looking to be. So you're going to be competing with them Mm -hmm. coming from behind. So it's kind of a bad look for him. I hope that it gets better, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. (laughs) This weekend's going to be weird, believe me. Um, We'll go on to the running backs. A few other quarterbacks probably in the first-round conversation, but we'll keep it to those three for now. Uh, Running back-wise, we got Brees Hall from Iowa State, 6'1", 220 pounds. Um, He he does a lot of running, but it doesn't always gain a ton of yards. He's got a ton of attempts, not always the most amount of yards. So where where are you feeling about Brees Brees Hall right now? 
I wasn't high on Brees um, last year, and I'm still not overly high on him, but I think, I mean, it's one or two with him uh, for this class. I think he's just a solid running back. He'll be a solid pro. And I don't know how far that gets you, but he, I don't think there's anything special. But he, he he runs a lot. He's a workhorse, and he catches the ball, which we love to see. Uh, I mean, there's just, there's just nothing that I love there with Brees Hall. So, like – it's just a he'll just be a guy that if he if he falls to me if everyone else isn't there i'll be taking him uh i think he'll have a role and he'll be fine in the nfl i don't i I don't know like who i would comp him to but uh it's just uh i'm not blown away by him is all yeah do you think that he sneaks into the back half of the first round or do you think think it's day two for sure no i don't think there's a running back that goes day one in this class well, we'll move on to the next guy because I think this is the only guy that could possibly get into the first round, and that's Isaiah Spiller from Texas A&M. He is splitting work right now, but I love the way he runs. He's a very powerful runner. Uh, he's 6'1", 216. He did some damage to Bama over the weekend, of course. Um, they're big upset. What are you thinking about Isaiah Spiller right now? I haven't actually watched a ton of Spiller, but um, I've just been busy. Can I give you his uh, his comp for me? And it's it, yeah. It's made I think people, you can. I'll allow it. It's made people blush a little bit. He he runs a lot like Nick Chubb. Oh, okay. Now, I'm not saying he is Nick Chubb. Yeah. I'm saying he runs like Nick Chubb. He's a very powerful runner, and I think yeah. if you get him in a situation like that, that would be his comp for me. Um, he's, a lot of people do not passes. like that, but he, he he catches passes too, which is great. Um, like, I think we all know Nick Chubb can. He just doesn't have it. But, I mean, Spiller has the role. I think him and Hall are getting, like, three receptions a game, which in college is really good. Yeah, uh, it's hard, it was hard to project the catching from a running back because they don't always use it. Like, Christian McCaffrey, obviously, that, like, that's a – he caught everything. So, yeah. you could see that coming from a mile away. But in this class, it's really only, like, Kyron Williams, but he's not yeah. as great of a runner. Yeah. Um, I mean – this is probably going to change as we go throughout the year, but I mean, they're very close one and two right now. I got to, I, I do have to do more due diligence and uh, I do like to watch film. I use analytics, but uh, I like to see the film as well. And I haven't, I haven't seen a lot of Spiller yet. Yeah. Spiller, like, like I said, he splits time. <laughs> so it's kind of tough to even get a good gauge because some games he'll be completely not even there because the other guy will be going off. I'm forgetting his name off the top of my head, but Spiller is the guy that, you know, I've been focusing on and he's just not always in there. So (laughs) hopefully that can get better. There's not, this isn't a great running back class. I hope everybody didn't trade for a ton of 2022 first rounders hoping for, you know, a Najee Harris. I'm not sure what's going to happen this year. No, you're better off with wide receivers this year. Yes. Great segue. You like that? (laughs) On to the wide receivers. Uh, my personal wide receiver one in this class is Garrett Wilson. He's only six foot tall. He's under 93 pounds. He's small. But his route running is incredible. So I uh, that that's the reason I have him wide receiver one. What are you what are you feeling about Garrett Wilson right now? I was uh I was a, it was a wait and see for me coming into the year with Garrett Wilson because I did like Olave a lot. I, thought he should have come out and so when he went back that kind of was a red flag for me me too uh but Garrett wilson has been absolutely nails uh he, the route running's there the catching's there uh with not stellar quarterback play either um but cj stroud's got uh, he's gonna be good eventually it's just yeah. not, not yet not yet i mean a lot of throws are high which is good that he hasn't gotten injured from them but 
I, I yeah, I agree. The the route running is there, the the hands are there, the feel for the game seems to be there. Uh, he's definitely uh, he's made his way to a, for a push for my uh, wide receiver one. Yeah, you know, not a lot of people have him that high yet. I still see in mock drafts, it's Justin Ross, it's Chris Olave. I just think they've played themselves out of that for me. Like if I was going into a fantasy draft, I, I am not as high on those guys as I am on the three people I've listed. So moving on to number two, Traylon Burks from Arkansas, 6'3", 230 pounds. I mean, the, the dude is massive and he makes massive catches. Um, yeah. What are you feeling about Traylon? He's the uh, the alpha mold of this. Uh, it's hard to not love it because uh, he makes those catches and he's a freaking shed. Uh, he's been in the top five. He, he ain't going anywhere. Uh, he's, he's a guy... It's just a matter of where these guys shape up towards the draft time. Like Burks could be an absolute steal. Like I don't think he'll be like a Claypool steal where he was like a what late second in rookie drafts, not yeah. even not not IDP offense only. He was like late second. I think maybe mm-hmm. even the third. Like I don't think he'll be there, but he might be like the Marshall early second kind of guy this year if he falls beneath these other guys. Because this is a very it's a very good wide receiver class. You don't have like a chase, but uh, you have a lot of the of the of the good tier guys that you're comfortable with and right. burks i People mean that's like a break in yeah like burks the ceiling i think he, he probably has the highest ceiling of all of these guys i agree um which my next guy is kind of i don't really know what to do with so drake london from usc 65 210 he's got 64 receptions on the year 832 yards he just is a monster for that program. And they've churned out some really good wide receivers there. Juju Smith-Schuster, Amon Ross St. Brown uh, from the Lions right now. And now Drake London's kind of the next guy in that mold. He catches like 10 balls a game reception-wise. I, I don't know how you can't love a 6'5 wide receiver that's doing that. But what yeah. do you feel about him? He's surprised me. Uh, I, I like him coming in, but I was not expecting this like type of volume from him. And uh, it's been... I mean, yeah, it's been it's been pretty wild to see. Uh, I don't, I don't know if he he was right around the top five for me coming in. Uh, I might have had that with uh, twenty three class though, so Butte. But uh, yeah, Drake London. I mean, th- these three guys that we just went over, Wilson, Burks, London, like they all have a vibe for the one spot. Uh, and it, it's going to be interesting where they go, like <laughs> like where they end up in the mock drafts. Uh, it is it, seeing that volume from him has been. I've been shocked by it, and I think it's just been great to see. I just think some of these teams that never take a wide receiver aren't going to have an excuse this year because there's so many guys like that we're not even going to talk about that are guys that could be in there. I mean, you were talking to me before about David Bell from Purdue. Love Bell. He he needs to be (laughs) taken by a team that needs a wide receiver. Like These guys are plug-and-play for me. Even this kid Jalen Tolbert from South Alabama. I don't know if you've seen any of him. No, I haven't. like he he is a speed demon. He catches th- like three or four passes a game and gets like 160 yards <laughs> from that. And that's from South Alabama. So it's like the quarterback play is probably not even that good. But yeah. it's like you have these kind of guys all over the place. So interested to see what that looks like going forward. Yeah, I, the, the wide receivers are fantastic this year. Should be a good year. Hopefully, if you need a wide receiver out there in Dynasty, you're going to be able to get one this year. All right. Let's pivot to defense. Got a couple of names for you. I'm not sure how plugged in you are on defense, but we'll see where we're at. So my first name, we're going to start with the defensive backs, is cornerback Derek Stingley from LSU, 6'1", 190 pounds. 
He's currently out with a foot procedure. I was seeing on ESPN, actually, they think he might be faking it, which yeah. is hilarious to me because why not just say I'm going to declare for the draft and work on my, you know, work on things until like, why pretend to have a foot procedure? That only adds to your negatives in exactly. the draft process. So I, what do you think about Derek Stingley? Two years ago, won the championship, hasn't looked great since. What do you think? I mean, I do think it's wild that they, they're insinuating that he might be faking it. I think it was Scott, Scott Van Pelt. Yeah. Uh, I think he's going to be the top corner that goes. As far as IDP goes, I mean, it's tough. Like, the top the top corners, you know, don't get thrown to a lot, but maybe they make a lot of interceptions. I mean, I think he will be a top draft pick. I don't know too much about, like, his IDP outlook, though. Uh, but... My my main question is: Do you think people are going to see like this this kid supposed to be amazing? He has been mocked that high. Do you think they might like? Because Jeff Okuda, they've just torched that poor guy because he went very high in the draft as a cornerback, and they have just tried him and tried him and tried him. Which, if he was, you know, he's obviously out right now, but if he was still in, that would have led to a lot of success because they're trying him. Like Trayvon Diggs this year from mm-hmm. Dallas, like they're trying him because they don't know how good he is that I feel like this might be something that Stingley could benefit from. Maybe for IDP wise, I just, I think he could be uh, susceptible to letting, letting down uh, in IRL in real life expectations because uh, usually top corners just tend to do that when you have that hype, because it is, it's hard to, unless you're making six interceptions in five games, like Trevon Diggs, it's hard to, you know, meet expectations as a top defensive back. Cause if you're doing well, you're not even getting the ball thrown to you. Exactly. Okay. Well, we'll move on to the one that I think is fantasy relevant. Kyle Hamilton from Notre Dame, six, four, two nineteen. The man can go from side, from football, from side to side as fast as you could possibly go. So what do you, what are your feelings on Kyle Hamilton for Notre Dame? I think, uh, yeah, he's the, he's the guy you want in the DB spot. Hopefully you don't have to play a corner, but, uh, yeah, he plays all over the field. He can cover. He'll tackle. He'll, ta- he'll tackle all day. I mean, he could. I mean, I, he could play like a Jamal Adams type of game uh, up towards the line of scrimmage. Uh, maybe get you some sacks. So he, I think he's a he's very IDP relevant. Yeah, he's a big guy, so yeah. I think he could definitely be able to handle himself that close to the line. He's um, like he's like yeah. the hybrid linebacker. He really is. He's you know they've had Jeremy Chin pegged for that. Jamal Adams, those kind of guys have been doing that lately, and I think this might just be the next guy where you could plug him in. I still think he's probably a top ten draft pick this year. Mm. Um, we'll see who ends up with him. All right, let's pivot to the defensive line. Uh, the top pick supposedly in the draft, Kayvon Thibodeau, six five two fifty from Oregon. Um, I'm not gonna lie, I've seen this man mull over two defenders like our two offensive linemen without even trying. So I think he's number one overall. What do you think? Absolutely. Uh, I, I'm trying to think of where I would be comfortable taking him in a super flex IDP draft. Cause like last year you weren't taking anybody to like early second with Micah Parsons or something Yeah. this year. I mean, two quarterbacks, maybe three, maybe two odd receivers or three, it's it's he could I might take him over the running backs so like he could be like a 107 108 type of guy in a in a super flex draft uh I'm also an Oregon fan I'll declare that uh, <laughs> fair enough <laughs> but I mean this guy has always been a stud he's lived up to the stud uh 
persona or whatever that's been presented for him. Uh, I think he's an absolute stud, one of the best uh, D linemen we've seen in a long time since Miles Garrett. That's that. Honestly, that's exactly this. The best one I've seen since Miles Garrett. And I'm pretty excited to get him. I think that he's going to be a good addition to everyone's team. (laughs) (laughs) So I'll move on to the defensive tackle. The only defensive tackle I've listed, which is Jordan Davis from Georgia. He's 6'6", 330 pounds. This guy mulls over people too. He does not play like he is 330 pounds. He plays like, you know, like Kayvon Thibodeau does. Uh, What, what have you, have you seen him play in, in the interior? What do you, what do you think? I have seen him. He's hard to miss. He's a freaking shed. (laughs) He definitely is. Uh, He's somebody that's worth looking at. If even if you don't have a defensive tackle designation, if you just have a D line, he still like might be worth a decent pick and worth playing over other DNs because he's that big, that good, uh, like a Chris Jones kind of. I mean, even though Chris Jones kind of plays, he plays outside again now, but uh, or or Aaron Donald, like he's a he's a DT that is almost a cheat code at DT, and if it's a D line, he's still viable. I think. Yeah, I agree completely. He's got four and a half sacks already this year. I could yeah. definitely see that creeping up to 10 by the end of the season mm-hmm. just because of how ferocious that Georgia D-line is. I mean, and that he could be super high draft pick too then because like interior pressure is just so coveted. Uh, if you can pressure up the middle, like that just disrupts so much in the NFL. I agree. All right, so the last person I have in the DL is Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan. Um, I were not gonna lie, I wasn't really as high on him. I, a lot of people were before the season. I wasn't really as much. He's 6'6, 265 pounds. Um, he's probably gonna lead the Big Ten. Like he's probably gonna win the award for defensive player of the Big Ten. Um, what do you feel about him so far? I haven't seen much of Aiden. Uh so I'll just leave it at that. I haven't seen much of him at all. Uh, but going off of other Michigan guys, they seem to have talent, but haven't gotten the playing time. But that's also maybe just the two Patriots that I'm thinking of with Winovich and Nuche. But right. uh, yeah, this is this is a guy that I'll need to look into more. Yeah, he was injured last year. He only played two games before having to miss the rest of the season with an injury. This season, he's really come back with kind of a vengeance. Um, <laughs> and, I, you know, I... I will have to watch more as well. I haven't really been Michigan because I'm not really a big Harbaugh guy. So Yeah, me either. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll have to probably have to watch a game. Probably when they play Ohio State, we'll see how good they actually are and yeah. if they can get home there. I saw that he didn't like do well against Nebraska. Uh, he didn't. Uh, I don't know how much he played, but I know like Nebraska's known for their good old line. So against a good test, he didn't seem to show up very much, but maybe they just game-planned him out. I didn't watch the game. That's just stat, stat watching. Right. Okay, let's move on to the only linebackers I have listed. Another, it's kind of an interesting linebacker class because everybody's all over the place about who they have number one. Currently, mine is Adam Anderson from Georgia. He's currently a defensive end, I think, or an outside linebacker. I think he's going to play linebacker in the NFL. 6'5", 229 pounds. Um, he f- checks all the boxes for me to be the best linebacker in the class. What are you feeling? Uh, I'm not too sure because I – is he going to continue playing like the D end outside linebacker role? So see, that's what I don't. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I, I don't know. I think he's going to transition to full linebacker, but I okay. don't know. Because like, is he more of like a Leonard Floyd that you're looking for the sacks, uh, or like a Khalil Mack? Um, yeah, I'm not. I I have not really locked in my linebackers yet. There's a lot of question marks. So. I think he's very talented, uh, and I and yeah. If he moves into inside like that, that really opens the door for him. Yeah, 
which he is a senior, which, you know, don't normally, you know, or rest of the people on this list for the most part are all juniors. So he has played all four years, got mm. almost five sacks so far. But see, the problem with the Georgia defense, they're all splitting stats because they're yeah. all that good. And they're, which, yeah, they're kicking everyone off the field so quick. <laughs> exactly. Then. Which brings me to my last line. My last linebacker is N'Kobe Dean from Georgia as well. He's only six foot tall, which is interesting to me, and 225 pounds. But he is just as disruptive. He he can intercept the ball. He's got really good hands. He's a better coverage linebacker than Adam Anderson. Adam Anderson's more be- a better rusher. Mm-hmm. But have have you gotten a chance to catch up on Nakobe Dean? Not too much. No, I haven't. Uh, but it, it's hard to judge from the stats because, like like we just said, they split them up and they're not on the field a lot. So I don't have great insight on Nakobe Dean, but it's definitely a name that I'm going to be paying more attention to. Yeah, I feel like the entire the entire tape for Georgia is going to be weird to watch because they're <laughs> yeah. all so good. Like, because yeah. I even have one of the safeties, uh, Lewis Seen, for them, and. It's like I don't even know, you know, how good is he because the rest of the defense is so good. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So, is there any other names that you want to mention? Look out for somebody that you know needs to be mentioned. Uh, not really. I mean, we did mention quickly Dave uh, Dave Bell. I, I'm a big Bell guy. Um, I have no other IDP names. Just get Thibodeau, and you're good. You're golden. And, I think Thibodeau yeah. and Hamilton are going to be the two IDP names that you should be looking forward to getting high. The yeah. rest of these guys are kind of landing spot places where like it depends, you know, are they going to start or is it something that they're going to have to wait in line or get shuffled in and out? Like, you know, so I yeah. think those are just the two. And we're just getting through the first month of college ball. So like, I think it really starts locking it in and keeping an eye on people, like getting names out there now is good and who to keep an eye out on, but we're going to really, start getting a real feel for all these guys come from now till Thanksgiving. For sure. All right. Well, so at least before I get you out of here, overall draft class, should people be trading for picks? Should they maybe be fading the picks a little bit? Like what, what is your gauge on what people should be doing in dynasty right now? If according to you in this draft class, the fade's gone too far, I think. So I think it's time to start buying the picks, Uh, especially because if, if you are confident in your process and you can identify a person and feel confident in it, uh, you should feel good about getting a guy and getting a year of production out of him. Like what I'm talking about is people trading 22s for 23s. Like I'd rather just get the production now and or bust and, and try again the next year. I think it's a fine class. I don't think it's a terrible class. We're coming off of two incredible classes. So like you got to keep it in perspective. Uh, 23, the 23 class looks good. But the 22 class is not as bad. We just don't have the top, top high-end running back, quarterback, but we have depth. So it makes those it makes those firsts deeper because you wanted the top of the of the first round last year. So I hate projecting picks in general until it's like Thanksgiving and you know exactly right. where people are gonna be. But when people are saying early first, late first, you're just you're just letting that affect your trade with shit you don't know. So, exactly. Uh I think it's fine to go get it first because if you have 105, 106, you can get one of those wide receivers are going to fall. One of these quarterbacks are going to fall. It's not going to be super locked in. So mock draft season, which I love to do, hit me up if you got want to get in on mock draft season because we just sure. get those we get those things running. Uh, I got a chat for that. Uh, mock drafts should be fun this year because it, it might be all over the place. It it I, from what I've read so far, it has been all over the place. So um, hopefully that's good. 
trade your twenty. If you if you can identify the worst person in your league, by the way, that's going to for sure be bad next year. Get them because Bijan Robinson is going to be somebody that you're going to want to trade for yeah. in the next draft, 2023. So that should be <laughs> should be better. Absolutely. All right. Well, that's all I got for today. Um, I would like to thank at Duchesne's underscore on Twitter. Please follow him. We love we love the follows and the fades because if you want to win your league, that's the way to go. So follow at IDP Army on Twitter. Follow at Offensive Points on Twitter. Uh, get in the Discord at IDP Army on TikTok. We're making some videos on there. It's very interesting. Jordan usually gets on there and rambles. Um, <laughs> but we're having fun. So thank you, DeShane's, for stopping by today. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun. And I'll see you soon, I'm sure. For sure.